Hi everyone, I'm Carla and that's Lauren. Hi! And this is Chirping with ABA Owls. Quick disclaimer as usual, these are our thoughts and experiences. We are not claiming to know everything, we are only speaking from things we've done and experienced. Um, anything to talk about from the previous podcast, Lauren? I don't think so, I can't remember for the laugh of me, so sorry if there is. Well, I don't, if there's not, there's not, that's fine. Do you, okay, you go for the topic then. So today, our topic of the day is Q&A, so our questions and answers. Okay, Ooh. so why did we choose this topic? Well, we thought it would be nice one to end off before we have a little holiday from recording the pod. Um, yes. As you both know, as everybody knows, Carl and I have been recording, I think it's almost, it's over a year now, hey? Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, it's something that we do over and above our actual jobs. So, um, yeah, it can be a little bit taxing at points. Not that we haven't enjoyed it, but it, we feel it's a natural point to have a break. Um, and also, we're also very interested in hearing from our listeners. And, you know, we would like to know more, you know, from them because, you know, this is the best way to develop as a podcast. So we developed the Q&A episode. So we just wanted to say thank you for to all who sent in questions. We really, really do appreciate it. And if your question hasn't been answered, do not fret, because we will be doing another episode where we can address more questions. So please feel free to communicate any topics you'd be interested in, in terms of future podcast episodes. You can email us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, which is abaowls.com. And on Instagram, it's at aba underscore owls. Or on Facebook, you can just search aba owls. So today's quite an exciting day. Yay! Um, as we have a guest with us for the very first time. Um, so yay for us. And it's one of our absolute favorite people in the world. Um, we used to work with this lady, but we also choose to spend time with this lady. So this is <laughs> Tracy. Hi. Hello. Hi, Tracy. Hi. Um, oh, hi. Would you like to tell listeners a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, BCBA consultant, um, work home programs and school programs, and has just more recently, in the last year or so, really started doing more parent training and parent coaching and launching that side of things because that's where my interest lies really, getting the parents skilled up instead of just the ABA running separately or them not knowing what to do day to day with their children. Um, so yeah. Oh, oh fantastic. Thank and you. And uh how long have you been doing ABA? Oh, twenty two years. Wow. Oh, my <laughs> That's amazing. It's changed a lot. It's changed a lot. Old school ABA with very much discrete chart. Everything had to be done in ten because you mm -hmm. needed to convert everything into percentages to do your graph. So all trials were done in ten regardless of how the child was responding or not everything was very separate like you'd run your motor imitation and then you'd run your tacting and then you'd run everything was separate um yeah. whereas now it's much more mixed and you know easygoing and all our prompting procedures are still there and all the important stuff but it's less rigid which mm. is good yeah yeah absolutely thank you and um yeah, I don't know. Should we just get straight into it, ladies? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Cool. I have the first question. 
Okay, so I thought to start with an easy question, a fun question, uh, and this one is from Teresa, which is someone who's very lovely, and <laughs> she asked, what are some successful strategies to increase food variety on a diet of children with autism? And I think Lauren would be the very best person to lead on this, because she did a lot of work for this. Yeah, so I did my thesis on increasing food variety and um, desensitizing, you know, food intake or variety of intake of food with students since when I was um, in school. So I tried a few, um, sorry about the words, but they're probably the best way to describe them. So I tried doing simultaneous consumption of food. So that's eating preferred food, food that the student likes with non-preferred food, okay, at the same time. So that's food they don't really like. Um, for example, eating some tomato, which be the non-preferred food, with cheese, the preferred food, and had quite a lot of success. I also tried doing sequential consumption, okay, which is kind of like our grandma principle. So first you eat this, and then you can have that. So um, first you would eat the non-preferred food, the food they don't really like, and then you'd be able to eat the preferred food afterwards and also had some success with this. I actually ran them at the same time. And funnily enough, the actual results were kind of the same. Um, but I used this from my intervention from Piazza, I think it is, ladies, it's all, yeah. <laughs> which is um, an evaluation of simultaneous and sequential presentation of preferred and non-preferred food to treat food selectivity in kids. And I would say that I've had success, but sometimes you'll find that you'll only be able to decrease the barriers to trying new food which is obviously massive for the students and the families but sometimes the student may never really be good at eating a varied diet they may never get very much better um, and this is something we might just need to accept I mean if it's a issue with you know if it's a behavioral problem that's you know being paired with food then that's different but if it's they're basically it's a sensory thing or they find just that they just don't like a lot of foods, they their interests are limited, then it is something that we, you know, we try to work at, but sometimes you might just have students that have limited diets. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think I always equate eating with socializing. It's such an, a social behavior. Mm. I mean, think about, you know, we've all been on those diets where you can't eat anything or you, you only are uh, allowed to eat certain things. Well, have, you know, have but we have well, we now. No, but maybe like, we should have been. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we have not been. But you know, like let's say you're cutting out dairy or you want to see what? whether like gluten is having a problem with you or whatever. Oh. You know, it's hard to eat out you're because me in everything. Stomach. Yeah. So but I always say, you know, it it limits the social aspect for that kid as well as their family so yeah I do think that it's eating is so like intimate with socializing they go together and um I think that's the huge thing about it is that everyone thinks it's always an eating issue but actually sometimes it's paired with also that it, you prevent yourself from socializing because you have such a limited diet um I don't know about you guys what, what are your thoughts Tracy on have you had success and how has it gone I mean I could talk for hours about this but I could put in a brief thing <laughs> Just off, off the back of the whole social element, I mean, we've had kids where we've worked together, mm. Lauren, that the food couldn't even be in the same room as the exactly. child or oh, on the days. table. So it's like, mm. well, we're not even asking you to eat the thing. You just have to kind of learn to tolerate it just being there. Um, mm. So that, that's also a huge thing. Um, and also, 
Oh, I did have another point about that. And yeah, just the willingness to try new stuff. Exactly. Uh, we're not always expecting children to like everything. I mean, I don't like everything. It's not a lot I don't like, but there are some things. And it's not, it's just more about the, just just try it. Just be mm. open to trying it and making that process yeah. easy. Uh, I wanted exactly. to also ask you, Lauren, there's a lot in the research. And I, I remember going to, an, it was an OBM um, mm-hmm. lecture and it was Aubrey oh. Daniels. And he was saying that you cannot run food programs without extinction um, and I don't I use extinction yeah I don't use extinction obviously no. we all need to club together and now write a PhD or something because <laughs> yeah, it just isn't there but I don't <laughs> use extinction yeah. I'm just no. like I have a hive and I run it outside of meal time because I'm like let's yeah. not mess that up yeah absolutely um, yeah and just make sure my reinforcer is really strong and absolutely. make it really easy like you mm. don't have to touch the food and lick the food See, and build up, exactly. build up, build up, build up. And then I you can do. have your reinforcer. But if you don't do that, well, that's fine. But I, you don't I, get I, your I reinforcer. Funny enough, I've used that when I had a few. And for those you guys don't know, but Tracy, um, until recently, well, still is technically, uh, supervised me. And I've had to do some food programs with a couple of kids. And I use this article from Hodges, 2017. Oh, yeah, um, it's great. Well, yeah, it's it's all about shaping, and it was exactly yeah. what you just described, which was mm. outside of the meal times, and you gradually increase the variety, the quantity, and you get the reinforcer for eating. But if you don't eat it, you don't get the reinforcer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's called. Uh, we'll tell. We'll repeat the article at the end, guys. But like, it's yeah. called using shaping to increase food consumed by children with autism. Like, it's great. It's it's a proper. It's a very good procedure, and it worked really well um for the, those yeah, children when i was doing research for my thesis because i knew i wanted to do something with food because because of the, the cohort of kids i had in the class at the time i was like gosh none of them are great eaters um and they really and all their parents were always asking please can we try increase food please can we try decrease the problem behavior around new yeah. foods or novel foods and um so i did a lot of research and i have to say it's it's really hard to find research that, shaping, that doesn't yeah. use as escape extinction um, or extinction. It's like, well, you know, I mean, that, that non-removal of the spoon kind of mm-hmm. stuff where they basically hold the spoon under the child's yeah. mouth until they consume mm-hmm. the food. And um, I had I worked with a, with a lady mm-hmm. when we were at school and I said, look, I'm not doing this stuff. Like, I don't want to do this. So we're going to have to find another way. And we found this article. And so we based it all around that. And none of us was extinct. We didn't have to use extinction yeah. at all. Um, again, like you said, the reinforcement, we found powerful enough reinforcement, competing yeah. com- competing reinforcement, and we just didn't really have to use it. So it was fine. Not, so, yeah. to, men- not to mention the ethics of it all, because we also need to consider children's rights. And because it's not just, and, you know, we use the ethics code for ABA, obviously, but we also need to consider other worldwide ethics code, like the UNICEF one for children's rights. And, you know, and kind of forcing, it can be seen as forcing in with all the things all well about social validity, which is a very important point in our practice where the interventions need to be socially approved, let's say. They, like people that will more likely implement them need to actually be on board. And if you're using an intervention that causes emotional to you know, emotional reactions that are too high or mm. you know, and just makes everything more aversive, like the table, like the social aspect you guys were discussing. Of course. Uh, then at some point, like, what, why are you doing this? Like, it's it's to prove a point that you have more power over a child. 
I yeah, mean, it's weird. Especially if you've managed to select a food that they're ultimately never going to like as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you it's don't like know. It's... It takes a certain, I can't remember how many, but it takes a certain number of presentations mm. of the same food before a yes. child yeah. likes it. And my memory is terrible, so I can't remember what that number is. But what if you had picked a food that they just genuinely yeah. don't like? And there's also things to consider, like, like um, adults, parents often want like more veg and this, that and the other. But there's certain taste yeah. buds that develop like broccoli to some children actually tastes really bitter until you get yes. to a certain age and if you've oh yeah there's all it's a minefield and I just exactly. I personally don't feel comfortable nah. yeah. like for me I hate, I hate kiwi I hate kiwi like you it's like look I my growing up when I went to a restaurant I had to pick out the kiwi because the texture would creep me out mm. so much yeah it's quite gross and once I was at the restaurant and they knew us quite well because we went there quite often. And the lady, she, oh, she, I asked, oh, can I have a fruit salad? And she brought me a bowl full of kiwi just to mess oh, with no. me. <laughs> and I just looked at her like completely like heartbroken, like, what? Why? <laughs> no, I, well, I don't eat seafood at all. Like, so when people are like, have oh. you tried it? I'm like, no, many, many, like many times. I've tried it all the time for other people, really, because they, they don't believe me. They're like, you know, have you tried it? You must eat it the way we prepare it. And I'm like, but I'm telling you, I, I, the smell, don't like everything it. grosses me out. <laughs> well, you know, like, when, when you came to Portugal, I know my mom was always like, oh, she'll like it. But at, in the end of the day, she always made a second dish. because I know, bless she, she, I did she try the food, though. Yeah, 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 you did. But I told her, like, mom, please don't. And she didn't make, prepare a second dish just in case. Shame. But yeah. Or remember when we went yeah. to Athens and we went to that fish market and you were like, oh. I need to get out of here. And we're like, oh. <laughs> oh, so disgusting. She was so... <laughs> We we the other two yeah. we were just really happy smelling it and she and Laura's like I I can't I need to leave. <laughs> Any fish market I find fish markets utterly revolting. I eat oh. fish and I would be hard pushed to want to hang out in the fish yeah. market in Athens. <laughs> no thank you. Listen, oh, it was that days. between this and the and the Athens market that sells Nazi memorabilia. I mean, which yeah. which one's worse? <laughs> Oh, but it was Athens is so beautiful. If you haven't been, you have to go. It's the most beautiful city. Very nice. It's the best city as far as I'm concerned. Very nice. Um so yeah, anything else about food, ladies? Are we done? Are we are we okay I, with that? I'm happy to move on. Yeah. Cool. I okay. have had I it though. Have... I will say, yes. Lauren, there was one again yes. when we worked together. I remember the mum was like, just wanted to really like lettuce. And we were oh, like, dear me. I, I can't promise he'll like lettuce, but we'll try yes. him eating it. Turns out he did end up Loving, loving it yeah he's like a rabbit wasn't he oh, like chewing God. lettuce all I, day i know i know who this yeah. person was yeah i know yeah. exactly who this mm. person also was. loved peppers like any kind of pepper i'd just be munching on them and i was yeah. like it's, so, it's such an interesting thing because you he didn't like any crunchy food before you know what's so curious in portugal mm. it's quite common to eat raw peppers Oh, uh, okay and yeah. peppers is a thing also we we also grill them in the barbie Mm. Um, and it's a very big thing to eat in Portugal. Is it? Like yeah. We, we eat quite a lot of peppers. It's quite Mediterranean, though, isn't it? Yeah. As a, yeah. As a vegetable. Yeah, I don't really like peppers either. So I relate to. <laughs> <laughs> 
I relate to fussy eaters because I'm quite a fussy eater. Like I'll I will eat it if people prepare it for me, but I wouldn't choose to eat some of these things. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I get and I I get the textural stuff. I get that some textures are just gross. Mm. Um. Yeah. You know. So I I sympathize with some of the kids we've worked with or you know clients we've had because i think that sometimes people forget that they might be sensitive to some yep. things well um, and people are like no they must just tolerate it and i'm like yeah, but they, no it's not fair you know yeah but even and they're even neurotypical kids like neurotypical yeah. kids as well like quite fussy i know someone who once um stayed at the um lunch table for three hours because oh, yes. she would refuse to eat but then at the end of the day, she got she got to escape it because mm. the mom said, "Oh, that's enough." The dad was trying to make her eat and said, "No, she need she need to eat at least a little bit, like a few forks, you know, spoonfuls, whatever. Nothing. She yeah. had nothing, and she won. And I mean, I, if it were my kid, I'm sorry, you're not gonna eat sweets, and yeah. you're not gonna eat anything until dinner time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know." Sorry, like Fuck. if, you, ref- if yeah. you refuse to eat, like there's food available for you. I'm giving you food. Mm. <laughs> Don't you think that um the like the food selectivity comes from more than just being rigid and being it's it comes from also like being able to control things behaviorally because yeah. there's yeah. so much focus yeah. on other stuff. We're so worried about you not speaking and not doing these things that food is the easiest way to just keep you happy we'll just give you what you like don't you think that that's also shaped up behaviorally ladies I, I, I oh totally think so. yeah completely like it's yeah. all the control like mm. of, it's what kids are so clever autistic or neurotypical and when they once they understand they have the power of escaping or doing things their way like it's they just do it because the parents are so tired they get to points like okay mm. fine do whatever um, and yeah. then I mean, no not ball. that I'm judging. I'm not saying like. No, I'm just, not at all. I just think it's interesting that no, it's so not, common. No, not at all. But yeah, it happens yeah. with everyone. Autistic, neurotypical children, like it happens with everyone. Oh yeah, like I visit restaurants these days and I see kids with their families and you, who is like the child sitting there. And he's like, I didn't. They don't have the lemonade flavor I like, and I'm just thinking, gosh, you know, like have, you're so spoiled. Exactly, and like. You know, this is the whole table has to hear about your gripe because they don't have the lemonade flavor you desire. It's like, calm down. How old are you? Like eight, <laughs> you know? Anyway. Take like a chill pill. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have a, another one from Teresa. So do you have any funny stories of what you had to deal with when making the podcast? So I assume that's mostly directed at you and I, Carla. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tracy. That's um, fine. Do you want to go first, Lauren, or should I? <laughs> You go for it. Oh, mine's really I, go, I can't even I think mean, of anything. I don't know if it's funny. I I know I remember when we were figuring out with mics and Audacity and all that, and the mic, like there's something with the Mac software and the connection with Audacity. And I remember we were like for nearly an hour, and your brother got involved, Laura, and we were trying to oh, yeah. record it. And I was just like, bloody hell. And... We, we now figure it out. We've, we figure out a solution that we've been using ever since. But, like, we were just, can this please, please. Just work. Honestly. Or, what, like, or at the beginning when we were just, like, you know, when you're so aware you're being recorded. Like, mm. it, it's, like, Tracy is probably now. <laughs> yeah, how Tracy's feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, it was, it, it was interesting. I think. 
yeah, I don't know if that's funny. I was just, I remember just being like, please work, please work. Exactly. Yeah, I think we also, you know, we've sort of evolved or got more comfortable with what we, you know, doing and yeah, saying. I think in the beginning, I found it really hard to just talk. I was like, we must sound a certain way. So I think I was hyper vigilant about content and that kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the I think it's funny to think about where I have recorded the podcast. So what I'm, like, what am I wearing and what am I doing? I'm sitting on the floor, like in my pajamas. <laughs> what am I wearing? Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, videos. Why do I need to be on Skype? Why do I need thirty thousand? Exactly. What am I doing? I need headphones. Yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot like I just think it's it can people don't really realize like the background stuff like sometimes I'll be like it'll be like 40 degrees here in South Africa and I've got the fan on and I'm in my pajamas and well I've been for a swim and I'm in my like swimming costume and then I'm sitting here thinking gosh you know can you imagine if someone could see what we're doing when we're recording I think that's quite entertaining um it's not very glamorous you know well Um, I've had one where I had just literally woken up because we had a two-hour time difference and you were two hours ahead of me and I was I just woken up and I was still groggy and I, I don't know if I had a cough or something like that episode or I was sniffly that episode uh I was just struggling a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like oh yeah exactly and I think also like sometimes I, I I know I get the giggles like and I have to it's quite hard when you're recording and you just like I just have to try and mute myself because I don't know I just start to giggle it's like a thing I have and also, you know, Carl and I have spoken about releasing some bloopers. So maybe you guys will get some content on um, some of the stuff that we experience, background stuff or the well, stuff we, we edit out. We started, we started yeah. at, at the end of each episode for the last two episodes, I think, or three, I can't remember. Uh, time's a construct. <laughs> um, yeah. There's like after the theme song, there's um, a little blooper. Yeah. Um, the last one was about we were discussing if Mo- uh, Wolf was a man or a woman. <laughs> oh dear me, that was very worrying. I was trying to friend Montrose. Google too. I'm like, who is this person? I mean, I know who who the person is, but I don't know if it's male or female because we just read the articles, you know. Yes, and like, we don't see gender in a way. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's about it in terms of like funny stories making I the podcast. I can't think of anything else really. I know it's not. It's a good question. We just don't yeah. have anything to say. Yeah, I know. I wish we had oh. more exciting stories. Yeah, we don't. So sorry. Oh, sometimes I have the monkeys manically running on the roof and yes, the dogs that's barking. A good, that's a good one when you can hear yeah. the animals. That exactly. I and then people are like, "You have monkeys?" And we're like, "Yes." They jump on the roof. They strip <laughs> your plants of all the flowers. They they harass your dogs. They're very cute, but like you know, they, they're oh, they're little brats. cheeky. They're cheeky. Yeah. Oh, my days. All right, let's go for the next one. And it's actually two questions. And it is a really good question. It's from Anonymous, Anon. Um, and they ask, you mentioned in your supervisors and consultants episode that there should always be someone in charge of the program who has a BCBA or is supervised by someone with a BCBA. So who supervises the consultant and how can people be sure that the consultant is competent? Which is actually... A really good, you know, point. Yeah, it's a really good question. Question. What do you guys think? No one supervises me. So technically I could go around 
doing what the hell I want. Um, but you do have to have many, many hours of continuing education mm-hmm. credits. Um, yeah. And you're not allowed to get all the one. Like, I do verbal behavior, but I can't make up all my 30 plus mm. credits all on verbal behavior. It has to be on dif- different bits, different yeah. things that are out there. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that is kind of how I am overseen yeah. in a way. Um, It's also another reason why I'm quite keen on the parent training so that then Mm. they know, not just consultants, but tutors as well. They are more aware of what things should look like and how things should be run and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, that's that's my input on it. A doctor, we know it's different, but like doctors, they're the same thing. They still, they go to conferences for updates or they should like for new procedures and stuff they you know they discuss with their peers about surgeries or other stuff like we discuss with each other um about things to do but and how do you know someone's competent well same thing with doctors sometimes you look at their cv like you ask them questions you say oh have you had experience doing this or uh how are you with this situation because that's how you can assess because you only know if someone's competent once you've actually worked with them, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, I think I'm, I'm sure. Sh- yeah, sorry, Tracy, I'm sure you've had when you take over a program or you start overseeing in a new program, whatever. People are like, "Wow, I didn't know that this could all be done, and you do all of that." And you think, "What were the other people doing? Yeah, what was the other consultant doing?" It's very interesting. I think yeah. that I've had that a few times where it's like, yeah. "Oh, are you responsible for this?" And I'm like, "Uh, yeah," <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think as well, we have to, we're only allowed to practice within our capabilities. Yes. Yeah. So I suppose if if some if someone was asking me to work with schizophrenic adults and looked at my CV mm. <laughs> with all my training and see, they'd be like, mm, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, this is not the area for you. Yeah, you'd have to go get training again. You'd have yeah, to. And, and mentorship. And that's easy. When I first started, I mean, getting the VCABA, which I got first, was such because there was no one in this country who had the mm. right level and getting the thing. It's much easier now. And now yeah. there's the social, you know, Facebook and Instagram. There's lots of people now offering mentorship and stuff. And so if you are a bit wobbly on an area, you mm. can seek people out, which is quite, which is nice. Yeah, I think it's more like there's more regulation and there's more support, isn't there? Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, and I think. I think you you've hit you've hit the Carly, you said something really important is peer like the peer reviewing. And I know it's not reviewing, yeah. but the peer group I think amongst the BCBAs is a really could be very powerful if it's used appropriately. I'm not sure we use each other as well mm-hmm. as we should. Um but um, I know that, you know, I work with Tracy, who's also my supervisor for a long time. And uh, before she even started doing my supervision, she was my supervisor when I was <laughs> at school. Um, so I think, you know, having worked with close with other people and having rely to be able to rely on others' skills and opinions is really important. I mean, I still check in with PCBAs of, you know, like especially someone like Tracy, like, what do you think about this, you know? Um, especially because, when you're on your own when you're like yeah. practicing on your own you're just like yeah. is this the most ridiculous mm. thing ever have I lost exactly does this yeah. make sense it's always exactly. good to have a sensible nice 
and someone that you know that you trust enough to be honest not just to be like yeah sounds yeah. great when it's yeah. not <laughs> exactly I, I, I did recently because I you know I'm still they know but the public doesn't know like I'm still working to become a BCBA and I finished my hours but I don't have my exam finished yet so I did say to Tracy okay I need to have a chat because I'm not sure uh, how to go with this you know the situation yeah we had like a half an hour discussion Mm. like even if I was a BCBA because hopefully when I pass knock on wood I'm knocking on my wood um (laughs) I I think I'll, I'll still need support because I think it's normal to want to seek out other people's point of view because it's always it always improves your practice. Yeah, if, it shouldn't be seen as a deficit if you've got yeah, to just it's check not a weakness. in. No. Yeah, yeah, and I think also like all of us have come from a collaborative community of working together, so you always yeah. had support. You always had people to turn to, and I think when you become self-employed or you start working on your own. You miss that, even though you can be self-sufficient. You do need, I mean, I need, I know I do. I need someone else to go, do you think this is a good idea? Because this is what I'm thinking. I need you to review it. And I also, and I know this, this also can be a good and a bad thing, but I ask parents to review some of the stuff too. I'm like, what do you think about this? Yeah. You know, because I want, I don't want to just a professional's opinion. I want the people who are on the yeah. floor or who are part of the community or the family to be like, actually, I think that's a great idea, but how are we going to do it? You know, or no, I don't like that. How about we do more of this? Because I think that, you know, that's mm-hmm. the the real sense of collaboration and the real sense of making holistic programs is really important from including and I, everybody. And I think that's why we start the podcast, because there's a lot of, there's still a gap in information mm. for parents and for people in ABA. And for example, as a tutor, if you don't think your consultant is competent, there's really not a lot you can do. You can always file a complaint if it's something really bad, but you need evidence. You can file a complaint with the BCBA. Or if you're a parent and you have no clue what's happening, you also can't assess if the person's yeah. competent or not. And um, And, you know... I'm sure there's lots of competent people, but like in every any profession, not everyone is the same, and not everyone will be, you know, good, unfortunately. Um, but but yeah, it's quite hard if you don't have any any way of telling if the person's competent or not, mm. or if you can't change them. Like, it, let's say if you're a tutor in a home program, and you know your consultant is doing making decisions that you don't exactly agree with and you voice those concerns and the person just ignores you or ignores what the parents uh, say, like you, you're not the employer. You can't do anything. Mm. You can leave the program if it's too much uh, or you can talk to the parents, but the person who employs a consultant ultimately decides if they keep them or not. Yeah. So, you know, I was going to say, I think that's the beauty of what we do because we, what when we design as behavior analysts for for listeners who don't really have a concept, we we design the program when we work with the kid. So I will work with a kid, or Tracy or Carla. We work with them and we design it around the kid as we work through it. So we're like, okay, this doesn't work. This works. That that kind of works, so we need to evolve it to this. So when you hand over a program or you hand over targets to someone, you know what it feels like to do that job. You yeah. know, and I think sometimes people forget that. Like when I meet, you know, if I meet other professionals, they're like, oh, we just have this package that we just hand out to people. And I'm like, well, how do you know it works? Have you ever used it? They're like, no. 
<laughs> and I found that so interesting because, you know, like, you're exactly like, you know what you're doing has worked or hasn't, you know, does work or doesn't work. And you know what it feels like. So that's why I think we have such a beautiful, you know, opportunity because we can really design things really well and make sure it's going to work for this individual. And then we get people to replicate that. So I think, yeah, the competency stuff's really interesting and yeah. also, you know, supervising. But I would hope that most consultants would work directly with their students or with their clients because then mm. you know whether things aren't going to yeah. work. You don't just put in a program and then go deal with it, you know, um, and not, because and listen, that's not going to work. And listening to the rest of the team, I think a good consultant, in my opinion, mm. does need to listen to everyone's, especially mm. the people who actually are working with the kids. Mm. The yeah. programs that I have with tutors, I you know, I want to one time, I want to implement something and I spoke to them and they said, well, I think this doesn't work as well for him. So we just modified it a little bit so it suits him. And it worked really well after that. Like, so it's, it's more yeah. of a contribution. And yes, as a consultant, you have final say, but I think it speaks volumes to your ability to do your job. If you can also listen to other people's input and, yeah. and it, it, you know, it's, um, at the end, yeah, you have final words, but and for parents who don't know how to assess if someone's competent, it's, it's about asking questions. It's about asking, okay, what experience do you have in this area? How would you do this situation? It's, but it's hard when you're not in the field to know what mm. kind of questions to ask. Of course. Isn't it? I think also it's easy. I always say this, and I know this is like, but it's easy to talk the talk when you haven't walked the walk, you know. It's easy mm. to say, oh, you just do this when you haven't actually worked with a student or a client or yeah. whatever. Like, I always think, you know, the people that sit at the top and shout aren't the people that always know what's what's happening in the program. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's important that, yeah, everybody who's especially working one on one should be listened to. And I think it adds a lot of value to the cohesiveness of a team when mm. um, everybody feels that they get heard. So, yeah, I think as well like in, in your in your little in your home office you can come up with a lovely this, mm. this plan will definitely work but it's not just you're not running an experiment there's going to be variables exactly. if the, and if the people can't accurately run your beautifully designed plan then it's going to fail so you need to have that flexibility of like well I'd rather you it was consistent and everyone could mm. do yeah. the closest that I could get and then we can go from there rather than yeah it's just yeah, being impossible to run exactly because real life happens and that's you know what we try to do is that actually real life isn't always just a science experiment unfortunately yeah. um and or fortunately yeah. i'm not sure <laughs> yeah and sometimes when people like i know like and we love data but as we just met showed in the previous episode uh but i think sometimes you need to give a bit of let's say leanance when people can't always take the data so if it has happened where they ran out of time or they had to reinforce for longer because of and whatever antecedent variables happen or and sometimes the data is not all there so all you can do is okay so for next time if you can like try to do this and like try to get people to be as precise or consistent as they can but yeah the human variable can't can't just be removed um you can't just be like oh, you didn't do this data for this day, so now I can't do blah, 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 blah. It's like, well... Yeah, life happens, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm the worst at taking data. <laughs> when I'm, like, in the thick of, you know, when you're teaching, you're doing this, that, and the other. So yeah. I, I try and be mindful about 
what data, what, you know, the crucial data, this exactly. I need to be deathly accurate, but you only yeah. take it for a little amount of time or make it doable. Exactly. I'd much yeah. rather that whatever I put in was being run properly well, versus had... very nice, neat data. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I once had a program and this was crazy. This kid had, I kid you not, at least 15 or 17 different programs on and you could not take data during the session and it was a three hour session so the only thing i could do was <laughs> tally the man on a clicker and anything else i had to try to remember from mm. from me and that's so inaccurate and it's yeah frustrating and also sorry can't he be watching something or be playing with something whilst i take the data it's not yeah I mean, but I wasn't the consultant. Oh, jumping on the, on the trampoline, you know, like let him have and a little loved, downtime. And he loved doing that, by the way. So yeah. he could have easily gone. Like, I mean, shame. Anyway, all yeah. right. Okay, else? we're okay with that, lady. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Cool. So this one is from Carla's sister, who Ooh. doesn't want to be named. Um, <laughs> to... <laughs> She's very famous, guys. She's very yeah. Busy person. <laughs> exactly. To what extent can you apply ABA to society as a whole? Okay, who would like to take this one on first? Oh, gosh. Ideally, yes, because it can mm -hmm. be anyone and everyone and this, that and the other. But I don't know how effective behaviour analysts are at promoting themselves and not being cliquey and being nice and open to collaboration yeah. and this, that and the other. Um, I like to think we are, us three, yeah. and, and people that I work with are. But as a field, we're not the most popular. No. <laughs> um, and you know what's funny? It's ABA is already in society. Like parking fines. 5p carrier bags. Five yeah. 5p. No one wants them anymore. Look, in you know, in Germany, they do this thing where if you bring your recycled bottles to supermarkets, you get money back. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have this machine that swallows them. I remember I went there to visit my sister. I went to the machines, all happy because I was going to get money, and I used the money to buy food that yeah. day. I bought, I bought a melon. I was so happy. Melon and ice cream. I was so happy. Um, yeah, so, I, I get you, Tracy. I think... I think we need to, and also consistency is a problem. Like you can't rely on everybody to be consistent. This mm -hmm. is the thing, isn't it? So we always say that like consistency is key and everyone needs to be consistent. But I think, you know, that means that you rely on everybody to make the same choice or do the same thing. And ultimately most people aren't possibly going to do that because they might yeah. feel differently that day or they decide that they think this is the right choice for now. And I don't know. I just, I think, you know, countries like Scandinavian countries, and I know you two hear about me talk about them a lot. But <laughs> That's I all think, people. yeah, exactly. I think that the Scandies really get behave. They get it naturally. Like they very are mindful that if they get a human or the organism really happy, you know, then everything works. It's it's doable, mm -hmm. and if you know that you look to after that, and if you're content, then you'll be a successful human. Mm -hmm. So. I just think that they get it. Like they just, they, it just makes sense to them. When you visit there, you're like, wow, it's really beautiful. Everything's looked after. Like the, the parks are really pretty. They love their nature. They all big into recycling and eating the food that they eat all organic and good for you and all that. 
so they they understand how to make sure that the organism is happy um and i just think that they get it but i don't know because of so much social and economical stuff everywhere especially in a place like south africa you know i don't know i think that there's just so many layers and and I mean, not to sound too political, I think that they keep us divided so that we can't be united. I don't know. Um, You know, so I don't know. I think, you know, even in prisons, I think punishment should be effective. And it isn't because it's increasing. (laughs) But that also ties into the socioeconomical issues that are around that. So I don't know. I want to say yes, because I do believe that it can be. I just feel like there's there's too much complication. People have made things too complicated in order to keep people in a certain bracket or box. And, and it goes in the root. I think you have to think yeah. about, like, for example, at schools, the teachers spend the most time with the kids, like 12 years of our life, at least we're in school. Yeah. Um, and if the teachers don't have training in behavior contingencies, they will be reinforcing the wrong behaviors throughout the day as well, or not reinforcing the right ones. That's where one point parents parents have no idea of how to handle problem behaviors with their children autistic or neurotypical doesn't matter mm. um because some countries do offer when you go to you know to doctor because you're pregnant some hospitals or some they do say oh we uh, we have this maternity course um to do and like lots of people refuse to go i guess because oh i'll figure it out but actually mm. it, i think it's very very beneficial to have parent training because I, I know people rely on oh we're parents we'll figure out naturally but actually yeah. you could you could simply go once in a while to a training course on handling children because you're not it's not I don't think it's something that just comes naturally I think you no. you could you could train you could be because you're just using things you've learned growing up and it doesn't mean that that those are the right contingencies yeah so I think teachers being trained on behavior analysis and our contingencies parents government supporting behavior analysis helping this air I think that would make such a difference on that alone with teachers and parents I I, yeah I have this friend she's a new mom while her son's going to be one year old in a few months and she for the sleeping pattern she's doing a shaping she prefers to do shaping so she's doing you know progress he's improving slowly but he's improving like sleeping longer and longer periods without her but every woman in the family has been telling her, basically, to use an extinction. They don't use, they don't use this terminology, but basically an extinction, extinction, cry him out. And she's like, well, yes, that will work. However, I have the time to do the shaping. I don't Yeah, think a much I'll... nicer way. Yeah, exactly. And, and she doesn't think she'll be able, she or her husband will be able to cope with the crying. They're just going to reinforce it. So she said, well, of course. Why, why will I make him cry? Because I'm just going to pick him up in the end. So... So I think she she did the right choice. If if she's going to reinforce the crying, she might as well not even engage in in what causes the crying. Of course, yeah. I I also think that we you know, and I don't mean all countries because South Africa is definitely one of them. But I think we're quick to put in support, but we're generally not behavior analysts. But generally, society is not good at fading out plans. So they mm. they put in all the support and then they go, oh, we don't know how to fade it out. And it's like, okay, well, this is where behavior analysts actually specialized like yeah. we know how to fade things out this is this is what we do we put things in and we fade things out so i think we could definitely help out with those you know 
I'm thinking about like when people are unemployed and they go to, you know, job centers and whatever and get, mm. or they don't go to job centers, they go on support, governmental support, and then they just never get, get off of it. And I was like, well, yeah. surely we should be building people up to get employment. Yeah. They feel better about themselves. And so let's think about how we're going to fade out the plan because when you get too comfortable, I mean, you're not going to do, you know, you're just going to be like, cool, well, I'll just live like this. Um, so I, yeah, I think that we could be, we could create more independence mm. or encourage more independence um through using behavioral principles i just think that would be really powerful and i just think generally like reinforcing good behavior like why is all inappropriate behavior always the stuff that gets reinforced oh, yeah. yeah why is it always the person who shouts the loudest at the restaurant you know yeah. why is it always the the horrible parent at school who gets all the nice stuff like why have we done it that way around why aren't we doing it the right way around i don't know that's just a well there's a thought there's this portuguese comedian i follow on instagram and he basically only, well, mostly answers mean comments, yeah, like confrontational comments. And I'm always thinking, like, that's why they do it, because you're a celebrity and you're giving them of attention. Course. And, you know, to answer my sister's question, to what extent can you apply ABA? One, ABA is already everywhere, just sometimes yeah. being badly used. And yes, we can definitely do it, but it does take time, resources, effort. and like just a quick example, um, stop signs, that's an ABA procedure. Like that's a visual prompt to tell you, you cannot go. And if you do it and a policeman catches you, you get a fine. So punishment in place in case you're caught. So it's, ABA is already all around us. And I think that's what's fascinating is people treat ABA like a, a therapy or something that's new or whatever. Like, no, it's just, it's like biology. We it's all around us and behavior analysts have just looked at the patterns of behavior and, you know, use science to figure it out, but it's everywhere. It's like, you know, if, when you're a doctor, doctors and biologists, whatever, they just said, okay, this is a human body and this is how it works. And this is the disease and these are the symptoms. So we can tell that when this happens, the body will react this way. It's science. It's the same thing yeah. we've done. And also, we use it so we can as as behavior analysts like we use it with, i mean i use it with my friends and my family and yeah. you know my parents and everything and, and my, of course my clients so i use it all the time so surely we can extend you know we can apply it to, to society it's just whether the society and everybody else wants to engage mm. with us you know i also yeah. think on sort of the opposite of what lauren said yeah there's massive issues in fading stuff out yes but there's also this well, we'll just wait until it's yes. really a massive issue. <laughs> then exactly. we might deal with it. It's like yeah. I've got I've worked with now three families of little kids who are like, well, we haven't got a diagnosis because it's so slow the whole process. But yeah. we know that something's not quite right, so mm. we're just gonna get going with it. And I had one one mum and, and her kid was only three and a half she was like I think I've left it too late and I was like no you're fine it's still little. yeah but even if they weren't little it's still fine but exactly it's just weird that you're just why why would you wait until there's a huge why would there be such a high threshold of exactly. things going really really wrong before you intervene why not flip that and get things services in quickly and then fade them out properly and then it will all be smooth sailing 
I know. Well, that's the thing is that it's always like, we'll just wait them out. It's like I have, you know, um, like I'm working with a client at the moment and, you know, he's sort of 16 and has sleeping problems and sleeps in his parents' bed. And it's like, well, you know, he's 16. (laughs) Why are we waiting? It's like, oh, he'll Mm. he'll at some point go and sleep in his own bed. I'm like, no, he won't. Like his whole life has been this this pattern of behaviors. And it's very common. I know that both of you have clients that it's the exact same story. And it's like, but it doesn't just sort itself out. We actually have to create an opportunity where we get to teach a skill and then reinforce the new skill or reinforce the new behavior. We can't wait for things to happen. We have to create opportunities. And I think that's what also people don't realize about behavior analysts. We're not waiting around to to find out things. We're creating an opportunity in order to test and then see and then teach and then prompt and then reward. So it's completely different. It's not a waiting game. It's a a doing game, you know. I also think because ABA, well, in this country, ABA doesn't have the best. Um, reputation but it's also yeah. times where you think so noom, noom for example back to dieting I yes. used Noom and I was like this is wonderful and feels yes. very familiar it's very ABA. and I googled and, and googled yeah. and googled and I couldn't find I was like it's ABA it's got to be ABA, yes. ABA then my someone I'm supervising in the states Noom of advertising for BCBAs it's mm. definitely yeah. ABA based yeah. doesn't say anywhere though on the yeah. app yeah. <laughs> So it's like and this it, really cool, effective thing is out there in the mainstream, but the ABA bit is all a bit hush-hush, and that doesn't and the, help either. Second Nature as well. Second Nature is from the NHS, and they also use ABA. And yeah, I've seen that of, one on Facebook. Yeah, second Nature as well looks really good, but they, it is ABA. All that is ABA, but yeah, it's, it's just not mentioned, like you said. Mm. Like there was this, we have the work group, the ABA work group, and I... I put this link for a job that I saw advertised in the London area that was about they were looking for behavior analysts because they wanted to find a way to make patients uh, uh, stay oh, with, yes. their, yeah. Yeah, with their treatments and stuff. And so they were looking like, I'm not in London anymore. Lauren definitely is not in London <laughs> Nope. <laughs> um, so I did put it in the group because I thought, how what an amazing opportunity. If they said working from home, I would have applied. Yeah, because it looks pretty good. It's you know just getting using ways to get patients to stick to their treatment plans and of course yeah. It's yeah yeah. While while we are new, uh, Tracy, I did read that it said something about weight loss using psychology or a psych- something about psychology. Yes, so it I don't remember, so, psychology basically. Yeah. Yeah, like, that could so be I, anything. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know if that's a wishy-washy way of saying yeah. oh, we don't really want to say behavior analysis, so we say something else. I don't know, yeah, but it is. I've read thing. stuff on it, and it totally is. Yeah. What's wrong with saying yeah. behavior analysis? Oh, so I don't know. Last question, and this one is from Mala, um, and she asks, "What are some of the ways that you girls use ABA on yourselves?" for your own behavior change. For example, when you're trying to develop new habits. And thank you, Mala, because this is actually really relevant for our podcast. This is what we're all about. Um, anyone wants to take this first? Shaping constantly. Yep. Teeny tiny steps. Everything uh-huh. teeny tiny. Not always consistently, but no. trying to just be breaking things down into teeny tiny steps, trying to make behavior change a lot 
um, yes. trying to make things part of routines and this, that and the other, whether it be yeah. exercise or meal prep or trying to do sort of more mindfulness stuff because you always kid yourself because we have language. That's the issue. Why ABA is a bit tricky to apply because you can talk yourself out of yes. it. So <laughs> you, yeah, just trying to not make excuses, make it part of routine, make it part of a, whatever it is, part of a chain. So you're not thinking about it. It's just done and then building mm. on those yeah. chains. Planning. Yeah. It's all about planning, like setting a goal. What are the behaviors I need to do for the goal? Yeah, what reverse can... engineering, backwards yeah. engineering. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so what, what behaviors can I do to make me more likely to do the goal? Like if, you know, if I want to remember what I have to pack for work the next day, I should leave a, either leave it ready or a post-it with a list of everything yeah. I need. So in the in a, in a place in the morning, I'm going to see like the bathroom mirror or mm. whatever near your wallet. So it's um, a visual prompt. Yeah. 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 A visual prompt. Yeah, I like I like visual prompts. Like I know it's not for everyone, but I oh, I have I, many. I quite like a visual. Uh, yeah. A visual prompt. I do it all like and as Tracy was saying, like I'm always trying to be more effective in mm. the time I have. So I don't have to always be doing stuff for work. So I try mm. I do. Like when I was traveling around London, I would take my laptop and I'd make sure it was charged the night before. So that would be the whole chain. It's like, okay, so the laptop has to be charged. So in the morning, I put it in the bag and it'll have its whole battery or whatever. And then I would sit and I would download like reports or things I needed. And I would download them. So I would have, no, I would need internet. And then I would um, sit on the train and write up all my paperwork because, or the tube. Because then I was like, well, then now I'm sitting. I could be yeah. relaxing. But by the time I get home, then I don't have to do that. Um, when I'm at home so mm -hmm. I try to also it's fresh in your mind you know as data goes or as information goes it's fresher so I would do that a lot um, and then I'd also make lists from that for the day, the day after so like actions okay so I need to make sure that this is ready and this is ready and this is ready for the next day mm. so I just feel like I try to be more I just try to fit more of the boring admin stuff in squashed into time I really have mm, available yeah. um, and I also do a lot like I want to read every day which is not always easy especially you know as behavior analysts we've got a lot of content to read anyway so reading for joy is kind of like not really always possible um but I want to read and I want to be able to enjoy like novels and stuff so I made it yeah. part of my list so I do certain exercises every day I make sure I clean the pool every day because that's one of my jobs at the house. And then I take my vitamins and I got read and that's all written out for me. So I tick them off as I've done them. Um, so, yeah, I just think making part of things part of routine is exactly yeah. right. I, I mean, I use it for everything. It's how I improved fitness and, you know, I don't know. Studying is another thing, you know. I do yeah. mine for exercise. I because I didn't exercise, so with the pandemic, I stopped going to swimming pool last February and I haven't gone back yet. Um, and I didn't work out for like, I don't know, nearly a year. And in, I think it was mid-January, it wasn't a New Year's resolution or anything by any, like I don't do New Year's resolution, I refuse. Um, but because just because it feels when people do New Year's, it's a bit temporary when I make a change in my life. It, it has to be permanent. I like I ages ago I decided I wasn't gonna put sugar in my tea anymore, and I was gonna put sugar in ha half of the sugar in any cakes I baked, and they still taste nice. Um, and you know, 
and I've kept that, or I was going to decrease the gluten intake, and I kept that. So when I make a change, I I decide it has to. I need to keep it. And saying that, I made like a little. I looked for exercises, and I created like little plans. Like for example, um, workout one, two, three, four, and you know, first one is five minutes, and the second one is ten minutes, and the third one is. Um, 15 minutes and I went on YouTube mm. and I found mm. videos or sometimes I just knew some exercises so I just said to myself okay once you can do five consecutive days of um, doing like say the five minutes you move on to the 10 minutes so I decided to set myself that criteria and um, one thing and when you're self-managing it does help when you have someone else that knows of your progress yeah because it, it does make you kind of Away, like have a comfortable oh yeah I'll do it I'll do it uh, mm. which is my partner's job to ask did you exercise today <laughs> um, and to be honest I've except for like there was a couple of weeks that I not not a couple yeah there were two weeks that I didn't do it so well but since January I've basically worked out nearly every day of the week um, and it's because I do it first thing in the morning uh and, I, and it's, I'm still at 25 minutes, which is fine, because it, but it, for now, it's fine for me. I want to, my maximum is 30 minutes, and then I want to increase the intensity of it. Uh, so I've been doing yeah. like Jane Fonda, like Jane Fonda, and then I'm going to move on to more hardcore Jane Fonda, <laughs> maybe some boxing and oh, some... Wow, Jane Fonda's still going. Are you watching vintage stuff? Vintage, complete oh, vintage. Oh my days, and it burns. <laughs> it burns inside. Yeah, she was pretty hectic. Yeah. yeah, like she's still like. I mean, yeah, that woman. Jesus, I was. I. It's really. It's strong. The the her workouts are quite. Uh, so I haven't done the full workout with her. Like I've just been using the abs video. Um, and what? I can hear. What's that? I can hear a peep. Beep, beep. Oh, no. I can't hear anything. Sorry, not me. Oh, uh, the monkeys were running on the roof earlier. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I also, I have an Apple Watch, which I know, like, everyone's like, what is it for? But it's actually quite amazing because it does track your um, fitness. And I use my Apple Watch as a way to increase or decrease the levels of fitness I want to do. So, like, and it has goals every month. So, it's actually very behaviorally set out um, because it. You track yourself and also it's like, well done, you've reached this target. You've doubled your whatever. And you're like, yes, I have. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's a little bit like um, head sprout in a way, Tracy. It's like mm. it sort of self-reinforces -reinfo you. Yeah. <laughs> but we're actually reinforced one? by the data. <laughs> what was the other yeah. app? Um, fabulous. Isn't the other yeah. fab Fabulous yeah. was amazing. That was yeah. habit building, wasn't it? Teeny tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make your bed. You're done. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Tick off, you've made your bed. And you're yeah. like, yeah, tick. My, my habit of drinking water in the morning is because of them. Because it's the yes, first yeah. goals. Yeah, it's the drinking water, moving a bit uh, mm -hmm. around, even if it's just yep. dancing or something. Yep. And it was the making the bed or something, I think. Yeah, it's and a really it, good app, actually. Yeah, I think now you have to, like, you have to pay... I know, Before I got to a point where I didn't, I just stopped. Because I'd formed the habit, so I didn't mm -hmm. need to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. I do, cool. Like, I have, like, I, sorry, just because I do my, my planners, and I do Lauren's planners, and in my planners I have the habit session, section 
where I just have a little color. I just it's because I like color, so I just color a dot. If I've done my abs, if I've done exercise, if I've, you know, washed my hair and um, and all like if I've read, which with studying for the BCBA, I oh. haven't read for pleasure in a while. Yeah, I get you. The brain yep. can't take it. Well, no. The guilt as well. Your brain goes, you shouldn't be reading. <gasps> yeah. Whatever. Yes. You should be. Why have you got Cooper? You should yes. just be reading Cooper. Yeah. Exactly. Forever. Yes. Forever brain, and ever. Your brain space should be about oh. learning. It shouldn't be yeah. about, yeah. you know, comic books. Oh, dear. Yeah, I think cool. this was a good a good size episode. Um, Before we go, Tracy, is there any place where people can contact you if you want to be contacted, like social media or websites, etc.? My website is getting there. Turns out writing copy for a website is not my forte. Yeah, we so feel lots you. Lots of avoidance around that. <laughs> yep. So wait, you. Getting, getting that down. Wait, getting there. Oh, it's getting there. So I thought it was actually re- called getting there. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's called getting there. It's called getting there. And it's never really there. But it's yeah. getting there. Forever. Yeah, it's so give the brain. Forgive the brain, the brain. Oh, that's fantastic. I've got um, a mini uh, little Facebook group um, under ABA Your Way, making life simpler with science. And I'm also on Instagram under ABA Your Way, all one like word. Okay. Yeah. I should have put ABA in, Your but Way. I didn't because I'm not techie and I'm like, oh. Yeah, so, ABA yeah. Your Way. And that's more of the ABA. parent training and parent side of things okay so at aba at aba your way aba your way yeah aba your way all right <laughs> uh before we go so the two articles we mentioned is hodges 2017 using shaping to increase food consumed by children with autism and lauren mentioned piazza and all all the and everyone and friends piazza and friends uh, yeah plenty 2000 and, <laughs> yeah 2002 an evaluation of simultaneous and sequential presentation of preferred and non-preferred food to treat food selectivity. Oh. Yeah, all the all the words. Okay, all guys, words. I, um, we mentioned at the beginning, but please contact us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. That's our email address. And our website, which is abaowls.com. And also, please check our website for more information for our future online workshops. Anyone can join. doesn't matter where you are in the world, but keep um yeah keep checking the website for more details yeah and our next podcast episode like we mentioned we're taking a break from podcasting and just maybe enjoy our well it's not summer for lauren it's summer in the side of the planet on the hemisphere but just enjoy our time off a bit uh we will release the hood chronicles at the end of july as usual and the next chirping with aba owls episode will be on the first monday of september which is the 6th of september so just in time for school. And, mm-hmm. you know, like Lauren said, feel free to email us or message us. We're also on Instagram at ABA underscore owls. If you have a particular topic you'd like us to address, let us know. Or if something we've said annoyed you, we're also happy to discuss that. Uh, a big thank you to everyone listening. We're really grateful. We have listeners from all around the world, which is really exciting. Um, so if we say anything insensitive, we apologize in advance. Uh, rate, like, and subscribe us on and on Sharping with AB Owls on iTunes and Instagram and Facebook. 
And thank you, Tracy, for thank coming you. on. Yeah, thank you, Tracy. Thank for you for having me. Our first yeah. ever guest. Whoop, whoop. The first one. All right. Thank and the last. Every... <laughs> and the last. <laughs> it was horrible. No more guests. <laughs> no more. No more. No more. It's over. It's finished. Oh, hands no. down. Hands oh, down. No. Yeah, hands down. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Like, honestly. Yeah. And before we move on to the next question, Tracy, you didn't see this because I was. We, I think Lauren was trying not to laugh. So we have the. Um, I'll put it in the bloomers. In the bloopers, it's fine. Uh, we have a spreadsheet where we have the questions. And Lauren. Sorry. Is, Keeps fiddling with the bloody fonts. <laughs> and, and I had to type in, like, because it's the Google Drive. I had to type, oh my God, please stop, Lord. I actually been talking. So I stopped talking and then I said, no! oh, what you actually mean? <laughs> no. So I've changed all the font size. I've made Why? it all I don't know. I've had a problem. I can't oh, see. Dear. She's just playing yeah. around and I'm like, and I'm look, stop it. And I'm like, it live oh editors and live saves it, Tracy. Also. Oh, oh my god. god. Lauren's That's just got a right. problem. I was justifying all the columns and putting oh, taking Lauren. away all the stuff. Hands down, you're gonna get locked out of the Google Drive. Yes. Oh my god, for real. Hands down. <laughs>